Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This episode of the Absolute Sports Betting Degeneracy Podcast is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. Don't know about MyBookie? They are redefining the gaming scene for both sports betting and online casino games. Sign up at MyBookie.ag using the promo code ABSOLUTEDGEN to claim a deposit match up to $1,000. That is right, $1,000. Absolute Sports Betting Degeneracy. Hey everybody, Arch here, and it is the main show after the Thursday early show, which means we're talking UFC with James. What's going on, man? Again, spot on introduction, mate. This is the main show of the day. I'm, I'm feel sorry for Sex Panther, Max, and all, all the other breaks you do the early show with, but this is the main show, and I'm, I'm doing very well. Thank you. Arch, how about yourself, mate? Hey, not too bad. It's the main show of the week, right? Not just the day, the week. I thought, oh yeah, of course. Sorry, of course. you know, excuse my French. There, it was. <laughs> it is the main show for the whole week because. Although we don't attract the big numbers yet, we're slowly but surely getting there. Absolutely, absolutely. So it's just the two of us today. Mason's out on assignment. You, you've got him doing something, so we'll figure out what he, what you know, what he's learned when he comes back. <laughs> Hopefully, a lot because he needs to, he needs to catch up in terms of the MMA department knowledge because I'm just running away with it. But we are we, we're not live, right? We are live. Oh damn it! I retract my statement. Retract your statement. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're, you're good at what you do, Mason. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can edit that out of the podcast if you want me to, but it's all good. <laughs> all right. So we got some UFC to talk about. We do. It's just the two of us. So this will be fun. What, this is like old school. Yeah, like old times, eh? When you managed to get in touch with me a couple months ago to do the Charles Oliveira versus Kevin Lee. You know, it's like yeah. old times. It's good to talk between us two again about the, the UFC. Let's do it, man. What do we got first up on deck? Uh, well, per- personally, I literally, I, this is just quickly, I, I completely forgot that there were there was some uh, UFC action on this week. I thought it was next weekend, but um, yeah, so I had to do some sort of last minute scrambling, but it turns super- out there is an event on to, uh, this weekend. He's a super fan, uh, everybody, super fan. <laughs> when you're from the UK and you're having to stay out till six in the morning, this shit gets tough. Okay. Yeah. You have no idea what we have to go through. I see the Americans complain about getting up at nine in the morning to watch the two, five, four. I'd happily chomp your, chomp your arm off to get up at nine in the morning to watch the UFC. So consider yourself grateful that you're not living in Europe. That was a tough, uh, every day, every day I consider myself lucky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Having to stay up in the evening, God, you know, drinking your beers. I mean, it's, it's certainly a tough one for the European fans to drink in the, the middle of the, the morning, considering you haven't been out or two or so. Oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you are right. We do, we do have some action and the main event is a light heavyweight bout between Tiago Santos and Glover Teixeira. Now, as I'm sure you know, Tiago Santos, this is his first fight in, in a while. I think he's coming off of a, a loss to John Jones and that was his last fight before he suffered a really, really bad injury. I think he tore his right ACL completely. And obviously, I've never, I've never done that personally. But from what I've seen and videos and reports of what happens when you tear your ACL, it is brutal. So he's been out ever since. I think it was early last year in 2019. Um, 
but no, you know, he pretty much tore his ACL completely. He's taken some time off and it's been a bit of a breath of fresh air to see how quickly he's recovered. And, but the main thing is, is he sort of, a, you know, capable of coming back in a strong way? Because Lever next year is no walkover. It really will be a tough day at the office for Thiago Santos because, like I said, Glover has been in and around the game for a while. He's fought some tough level competition. He's fought for the title. And we've sort of seen this resurgence of Glover Teixeira. He literally came out of the blue. He's sort of dubbed as a scapekeeper in recent times, but he's, you know, he's resurged himself and he's, you know, picked up a lot of great form recently. So again, it's good to see. And it's, you know, it's, we've got all the, um, it's all the ingredients to become a great fight. And again, like I said, with no, sort of secret whatsoever. You know what to expect when it comes to Thiago Santos if you're an MMA fan. He's a pure knockout artist who has the power. And he sort of wants to, to keep the fight standing where he can just unload and hope that one of those brutal hammer shots will land. And he is a black belt in um, Muay Thai and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. You know, he doesn't really resort to the great, uh, ground game often. Uh, I think he's only produced five takedowns on the UFC level. So again, you know, you know what to expect from him. He's a pure stand-up artist tends to throw bombs. I think eight out of his last nine wins have come via a form of knock, knockout. And what they'll tend to do is throw in some strong body kicks as well. And it's going to be interesting to see if the sort of athleticism is still there after that such a long injury. Um, but yeah, this is going to be such a great fight with Matik Shera. He's the more experienced fighter coming into this. I think he's, I think he's, he's either, I think he's 41. He's in his early 40s, coming towards the end of his career, but He's making that path back to the title and this will be a big sort of test for him to see where he's at. If he suffers a brutal loss, then maybe he'll retire after this one considering he's like 41. But the, over the years, we've sort of seen some versatility in Tech Shero's approach. He lands accurate, powerful punches that allow him to keep the fight standing. Same with uh, Thiago Santos, he mixes in leg kicks well. He has that. He's a bit of a successful takedown artist as well. He's got a lot of submissions under his belt so he can sort of, He's comfortable wherever the fight goes, but he te- typically throws the odd haymakers and, you know, he can certainly punch the living daylights out of you. But for Teixeira, I think he's going to want to sort of use his ground game in this one because Thiago, you cannot stand face-to-face with uh, Thiago Santos, who is a knockout artist. He's going to he's going to mix up on the offence, try to get the fight to the floor. If he can do that, maybe we'll get, um, I think it'll be his fourth win in a row. If not, I can see it be, being a Thiago Santos fight, even though he has been out for such a long time. He's, from what I've seen, he's been training well. I'm going to go for a Thiago Santos win, and he will get the finish. I'm going to go for a third-round TKO. TKO in the third. All right. Yeah, you know, I'm looking at this. I mean, Santos is a massive, not massive, but he's a solid favorite. Minus 240. Yeah. He'll open at minus 213, so it looks like everybody's flowing in on him. Teixeira is plus 200. So, yeah, nice size underdog. And just looking at these numbers, it sure looks like it's one-sided across the board. I, I have a hard time not seeing Santos winning the fight. Mm. I, mean, I definitely got to follow you there. Uh, let's see. If Santos ends the fight earlier, catch a minus 150. So not a lot there. In mm. the third, if that happens, seven plus 750. You think there's any chance this goes to the judges' scorecards? Because Th- Santos is uh, plus 500. Decision. I mean... Yeah, I think that there's certainly a lot of value in the plus line on Glover Teixeira because, like I said, he's coming off oh, of okay. a, a couple of. I think he's on a well, he's on a four-fight winning streak now. He's coming off of wins over Carl Robinson, Ion Kutabella, uh, Krilov, and Anthony Smith, and a lot of those. I think well, I, I think two of uh, three out of the four have come via like an early stoppage. 
and there's one that went to the distance and then you look at his recent fight against Anthony Smith which is only a couple months back that went the full distance but well what went into the fifth round but he completely obliterated Anthony Smith so <laughs> I, I think if we can see Teixeira fight you know take the fight to the floor for straight Thiago Santos then maybe we'll see it go to the judges scorecards from my sort of opinion I know about Santos in this one but there's certainly some value in Glover Teixeira being the plus money line in this one Hmm. Okay. Okay. So maybe we can, maybe we can figure something out I'll, on the app. We'll see if we can't figure out how to, you know, where our bet money's best uh, thrown there. <laughs> All right. So that's it. That's the main fight. Yep. What's up next? I think next up we've got uh, Andre Arlovsky versus Tanner Bosa. You're your Canadian hero. <laughs> I think. Bet against the Canadian. Bet against the Canadians. Usually my stance. Is that going to work today? I'm afraid not. Oh, I mean, no. Andrei Olofsky. <laughs> Andrei Olofsky. Come on, you can't bet against the Canadians. <laughs> Andrei Olofsky is coming, again, he's like clever six years, coming towards the end of his career. He turns 42 uh, early next year. And with Andrei Olofsky, he's, a, he's very versatile, but I just don't know if that sort of, that approach is still there because he, you know, he's getting towards the end of his career. I think he's coming off of a win over Philip, uh, Philip Linz and he, he tends to throw significantly per minute. The accuracy is not up to scratch, but um, I just don't think we'll see the, the the knockout power there. Essentially, he's an accurate striker, but he's got a very mixed background in sambo and judo and kickboxing. And although he hasn't had that knockout in a while for a couple of years, he's very effective in the clinch. He's got high-level takedown defense, and his grappling is about as good as it gets in the heavyweight uh, division. So the best bet for Tanner is to keep the fight standing. And I think that's where he does it, a lot of his damage. And certainly, you know, his, his cardio's there. He tends to rely on that. And he's got the hand speed and the leg kicks. And if he keeps the fight standing and, you know, lands those accurate hard shots, then it won't be, you know, it won't be too long before we see Andre Olofsky hit the deck because you've seen with those power punches in recent times, Andre Olofsky's taken a lot of beating over the years and turning 42. I just don't think he's still got that, you know, strong chin as he did back in the day when he was winning titles, etc. So if Tanner lands clean, if Tanner lands clean um, early on or even in the second round, I think he'll be too good for a guy like Andrea Lusky, sort of coming towards the end of his career. And I'm going to back uh, Bosa on this one. I think this does go past the first round. However, I think he'll pick him apart early on with the leg kicks and sort of certainly land a couple of power shots in the first just to certainly rock Andrea uh, Olofsky, but ultimately he'll get the job done in the second round. Second round, TKO? TKO, TKO, yeah. Second, okay. I, you know, I, I'm forced to agree, but maybe not as strongly as the uh, sports books have this as. Mm. The current odds are, let's see, just added a second. Tanabosa minus 295. And Andre is plus 240. There's no way you can convince me that he's got a 75% chance to win this fight. Do you, I mean, really? Is it that high? 75 oh, in uh, Tanner's favor? Yeah. Yeah, like I said, um, Olofsky's coming towards the end of his career. And I think now, despite the victory over Lintz, he's sort of that gatekeeper into the heavyweight top 15. And this is certainly a great opportunity for a guy like... Boss, so he's on it. He's on a. I'd say I think he's on a reasonably. He's on a good form right now. He's just sort of trying to get his way into the rankings. He's twenty nine. He's on a two fight winning streak. He impressed in his last fight against Rafael uh, Pessoa. So you know why not? The, 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 certainly the onus is on um, 
Bosa to perform and put in a big statement and what way to do it against Orlovsky. All right. Well, uh, I mean, I got to side you, but there's no way. There's no way you can throw like, you know, 295, 300 on Tanner Bosa. So let's see. Mm. Bosa, Bosa to win in the second. Uh, well, actually, let's just say to finish the fight period is plus 150. Bosa to win in the second is plus 600. So, I mean, that's not bad. Bosa to win overall, let's say, uh, ends the fight early plus 150, duh. If he wins by decision, plus 150. So they're both plus mm. 150. There, that's interesting. It's kind of split right down the middle. Interesting. <laughs> Again, I think there's, there's some value there it, floating around. Yeah. Yeah. If you go on this one, then I, I mean, I got to side with Tanner Bosa. If we're catching plus one fifty, that's a, a lot more digestible. So I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah back, back Bosa. Maybe both sides. <laughs> Bosa, both sides. Yeah. Yeah. Because I do have him winning. I think he's the better fighter. I just mm. that money line is just too high. Too high. Minus 300 in that range. Yeah. You think so? You really think almost like seven and a half out of 10 fights, Boser's going to beat him? Yeah, I, okay, I genuinely okay. believe that. Fair, fair enough. All right. <laughs> what do you got up next? Next up, I've got um, Bos- uh, Rowney Baselos versus Kalitaha. Okay. And um, with Taha, I think he was originally supposed to fight Jack Shaw, I believe, and Rowney is stepping in on short notice, but I don't think it's that short notice. He he's got um, he had some time to prepare for this fight. Now <laughs> you know where I stand on fighters stepping in on short notice. You got to back however, off, you got to back off on that one. Yeah. However, <laughs> I'm leaning towards the fighter stepping in on short notice in this one. Mm. Much to your surprise, much to your surprise. Mm. I think with Barcelos, there's certainly that element of versatility in his in his game. You know, he has that knockout power, but he's got that strong wrestling and grappling background, which Sort of, he's, 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 his records, you know, doesn't suggest that he's very experienced. But in terms of the MMA game, he's very experienced. He's been around the game for a while. Uh, however, Taha has no pushover. He's got some serious knockout power. He covers the distance quickly, and you know, it's pretty physical for a guy at one thirty-five. So, I think it's going to be a tough test for Barcelos. However, I think his well-rounded approach is certainly going to get the better of Taha in this one. I just, I think Barcelos has to use that wrestling and grappling background because, you know, if he gets Taha to the floor, it'll be, you know, done dusted pretty quick. And I don't know if, if Taha has the, the defence and the ability to sort of hold his own on the mat. So I'm going to lean towards Barcelos in this one, you know. And, you know, he's, he's very he's very good, uh, Barcelos. He's very underrated in the bandsweight division. I think with an impressive winning, it's Taha may sort of, burst his way into the top 15 or maybe one or two fights off because you see with the bantamweight division right now it's very stats and like I said the Brazilian uh, Barcelos has got a great grappling and wrestling background and he's very fluid on the mat and he's got that knockout power and he's also a great counter striker and that's a very legit part of his game so he'll be able to hold his own on the floor, uh, standing and trading but I think he's just got to take the fights before and try and end it quickly because you know let's not forget he beat I think, was, I think it was in his last fight or the fight before, Barcelos beat Sedna Magomedov. And, you know, it's no sort of, it's no walkover to beat Galax and Magomedov. So he deserves a bit of respect in his name. And I think he'll get the job done on this one, even though he is stepping in on short notice. I'm going to go for Barcelos fire. I'm going to go for five first round submission. Submission first round. Okay. It is minus 369 for Barcelos right now. Open up yeah. minus 372. So it, it, it's fluctuating a little bit. I've seen some sports books that have it. Barcelos minus 400 right now. Ooh. Yeah. 
So yeah, he's a he's he's dominant, and it, this looks to be a massacre. When I'm looking at these stats, it looks to be just a beatdown. Am I wrong? Yeah. Is it not? Isn't I mean, it's going to be a massacre, right? You, no? From what the from just, what the, the yeah. sort of the stats and the, yeah. the betting lines are telling us, it's going to be a pretty a, a walkover. But you think? In, it, you, um, you think? You, you, do you do you think it's closer than what they're telling us? Because you gave Taha some props there. I mean, you, you didn't throw you didn't throw him under the bus. <laughs> no, I didn't. And if the fight does stay standing, you know, he does have the knockout power to certainly finish the fight. But again, once a fight does go to floor, I, I think, like I said, the knockout power is there. But I think Marcelo certainly has the ability to sort of take those shots. So um, I, I, I'm no for a fact that he is going to be a big favorite going into this one, Barcelos. But I'm like I said, I'm back in Barcelos, but don't sort of rule out Taha on this one. Okay, well, I'm going to follow you. Hundred uh, percent. You know, this is the scary part. When I, I've been noodling. I've been trying to run the stats and trying to come up with a proper prediction uh, model. It, it's hit and miss. But right now, as it sits, even minus three sixty nine, the model says bet Barcelos. You put up three hundred sixty nine to one hundred, and you'll still be okay. Is what it says. It's yeah. it one sided as it gets. Uh, so you know, maybe for Mason, in honor of him, we will throw a bet on Taha to win in the third like submission. <laughs> that's a crazy crazy ass prediction but yeah in honor of mason go for it <laughs> yeah that seems like a mason pick doesn't it or no oh yeah 100 yeah. like, we all back this um it's the case of the striker versus grappler but the striker's going to get the submission win in this one if mason was here yeah all right so mason's going to catch like 20 plus 2800 plus 650 on that one so good job mason that's a hell of a payout for you Christ. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, not much to say on this one. It, I, it looks to be pretty one-sided. So hmm. what's, what have you got next up? Uh, I believe next up is Ian Heinish versus uh, Brendan Allen in the middleweight division. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm really looking forward to this one because there's a lot of name. There's been a lot of hype surrounding Brendan Allen in recent times. He's dubbed as this next big prospect. And Ian Heinish, I think he's ranked 15th in the middleweight division or in and around the, the top 15. So, you know, this is a big fight for him, uh, for Allen in terms of this one. He's 24, he's very young, he's new to the, the MMA game and the UFC game in particularly. So, you know, what a way to get a good performance against Scott Ian Heinish, who everyone knows of. he's a household name in that middleweight division. Allen's got the significant height advantage and he's got the huge reach advantage, which could help him in this one. Allen... He impressed in the contender series over a year ago. And, you know, ever since then, he earned himself a spot in the UFC and has pretty much impressed. He's, he's 3-0 in the, the, um, the UFC. He choked out Kevin Holland in his first fight. He then went on to beat Tom Breeze via a, a ground and pound. And then in his last fight a couple of months ago against Carl Dalkus, one by decision so Allen is very much ultra talented and he's you know that true up and come in the middleweight division however this is going to be a, certainly a tough test for him and his Brendan Allen's fight IQ has got to come up clutch in this one because if he's able to sort of grind out his opponent and certainly use that wrestling battle constantly and win that wrestling battle because he'll have a real chance of you know getting the job done in this one like I said but with Ian Heinish he's got a solid background a wrestling background game too and he's you know, he's proven tremendously difficult to hold down and it's certainly helped him in recent fights. And he certainly, I think from my sort of perspective, when watching Ian Heinish right, he struggled with the, the with the real strikers and the ones with their real hard knockout power. With Alan, you know, the striking's there. He's very well-rounded, but again, primarily he looks to drag his opponents to the mat and dominate in the scramble. So 
we're going to have to see a different Brendan Allen in this one if he's going to get the job done. But um, I think he, ha- he has the skill set to beat a guy like Ian Harnish, Brendan Allen. I think he's got to be very effective in his um, approach to this one. He's got to mix the attacks well, whether it be the striking or the wrestling exchanges. So I think this one does go to the judges' scorecards. I think this is a very good fight on paper. I'm very much looking forward to it. I'm going Allen by decision. Mm, okay. Allen via decision. Gotcha. Man, this one opened up, you know, Allen, a slight favorite, minus 144, Ian, plus 120, and now it's even, both sides. <clears throat> minus 110, both sides, minus 107, both sides, <clears throat> just depending on your sports book. So, wow, it's, uh, this is probably the closest fight of the night. <clears throat> so, Allen, via decision, will get you plus 240. That's not bad. That's not bad no. for this. Uh, Ian, to win by decision, is plus 175. You think there's any chance this gets, you know, early? It gets gets done early. I, I, I don't think so. I think in terms of both of their approaches, I think they're going to be a bit cautious and a bit gun shy in the first couple of rounds or so, and then it'll probably be one of those the, the, the fights that take place on the mat. I don't think we'll see uh, from certainly what I've seen. I don't think both fights have that legit knockout power. It's probably just going to be a fifteen minute fest. But I don't know, you know, what the the stats are, or the lines are for an early stoppage, but either way, I don't think we'll see that. Well, it's plus 175 for Ian to win the decision, plus 240 for Allen to win the decision, plus 400 for Ian to end early, plus 275 for Allen to end it early. Mm. The question on the board is, does the fight go the distance? Yes or no? Yes is minus 175. So it looks like yeah. everything's lining up for a decision. Yeah. Man, with the judges being what they are, James, I might have to, <laughs> I might have to bet both sides yeah. of, of the decision. Mm. You no, don't, I don't blame you. You don't know. You know. You don't know what to expect. Mason's not on the show, so there's no judges out there actively trying to mess with him. <laughs> no, n- now that Mason's not on the show, Ben Cartlidge is probably not going to be involved in this weekend's <laughs> action. <laughs> we haven't. So we might have We might have some legit judges in this one. <laughs> we haven't heard from Ben Cartlidge's attorneys yet on the show, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. But when the, when they pick up the phone, I think we'll just have to dip. Yeah, no chat. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> All right, man. What's up next? Uh, this is the first fight on the main card. So yeah, we got Claudia Claudia Gadella versus Jan and Jan. <laughs> I, I, with Jan, I mean, she's certainly that that hot prospect. Certainly rising in the strawweight division. She looks like a real prospect, and very much looking forward to see what she does in the strawweight division because as of right now. There's a lot of talent in that 115 division. Uh, yeah, and certainly that new up-and-comer, whereas Gadella, she's been in around the game for a while. Um, I think she's coming off of a split decision victory here with Angela Hill. Where, um, I, I remember watching that fight, and that was only a couple of months ago. I had uh, Angela Hill up in the scorecards, and it's ridiculous how the judges scored it to Hill. What we've seen with Gardella in her last fight is he, she certainly... She seemed to like slack off in the, the, the final couple rounds or so. You know, she'll get the job done potentially early on, but then sort of fade away. And that's how I think she lost the, the fight with Angela Hill. And I just, I, I really was not convinced by Claudia in her last fight with Hill because you look at Hill with no disrespect in terms of ranking, she should be some form of walkover for Claudia. But um, she, she didn't, she got the job done, Claudia, but it wasn't very convincing. And I just, I don't see what she has to, to offer and this is a very tough test in Yan with Cadella. She's got the pretty solid hands uh, for for a jiu-jitsu race anyway, and um, she likes to put the pressure forward. And she's 
keeping that consistent pace, as I touched upon earlier, has proven to be a real issue. Whereas with Xiaonan, she's a really active kickboxer. She throws, you know, the snappy one too, puts together some very nice combinations well. And her wrestling has improved a lot uh, over the last couple of fights. Very, very solid. She stuffed a lot of majority of the shots that came at her. Now, I'm leaning towards a decision on this one because if you look at Jan's fighting time, they predominantly go tend to go the full 15 minutes. And uh, if the fight does go to the judges, I'm leaning towards Jan in this one because I think she's joined Team Alpha now recently and they're certainly going to improve in a solid pace and certainly tweak those little improvements that, you know, should be enough to beat Claudia in this one. It's just to certainly improve the grappling aspect and, and tweak up the little bits in the kickboxing and the striking range. And if she does that, I think she gets it done via decision. So I'm going to go for Zhang and Yan via decision. Decision. You see Claudia's average fight time? 14 minutes, 49 seconds. <laughs> again, she's a bit of a decision. Guess who's back? Back again. My bookie's back. Tell a friend. That's right, DJ's proud to say that we're once again being brought to you by my bookie. But just because they weren't paying us doesn't mean we haven't been giving them some love. I still use my bookie to this date, and you should too. Why? Because March is about to get crazy. Insane. Maybe even a little mad. If you're still on the hunt for a sportsbook to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to 25,000 big ones, or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now, take advantage of their generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is use the promo code DEGENS, that's D-E-G-E-N-S, but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up-to-the-minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, anywhere. Use the promo code DGENS to secure your limited time welcome bonus today. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Imagine herself. So this is going to go to judges, I think. Yeah. Well, the question is: Does the fight go the distance? Yes. No. A yes is minus <laughs> minus two seventy five. So. Oh Jesus! It looks like it's going decision. Uh, Claudia opened up plus one seventeen. She's plus one twenty six now. Jan opened up minus one thirty five, and she's minus one forty five now. So a little bit of traction there. Hmm. Um, your decision pick on Jan plus one ten. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right. I I I think. I think Jan wins wins this one. Uh, I yeah, I agree with you though. And if 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 you make Angela Hill look good, that, that, that you know, I don't know if you have, <laughs> I don't know if you want to be in the fights anymore. I'm going to follow you here. I think I think yeah. she does get it done. The plus one ten is yeah. Plus she's plus six hundred to fit in the fight early. Jan is so cheese. Yeah. So that that seems implausible. So yeah, I think the decision here, Claudia, she's not going to win with the judges, is she? She's plus two fifty for the decision. Again, like you said, you never know the judges. And if Ben Carlich is, you know, officiating (laughs) this weekend, 
you, you, ne- you never know. But I, I don't think if the judges do go the distance, if it does go the, to the judges' scorecards, I genuinely believe that Yanning will get the job done in this one. I just don't think Claudia has a real yeah. sniff when it comes to judges' scorecards, particularly after the Angela Hill fight. Yeah. All right, so there you have it here. If Ben Cartledge is on the oh, fight, God. bet both sides. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> otherwise just just back uh just back yon here <laughs> all right next up what do we got uh we got giga chikadze versus jamie simmons oh That's yeah what I've got next um with giga i mean he's he's come a long way since the the sort of contender series he fought austin springer in the contender series he lost and he had to sort of earn his way back into the UFC ranks. And he got that sort of opportunity last year where he fought Brandon Davis on his debut, uh, won by a decision. And then ever since, you know, he's gone on a great streak in the in the featherweight division. I think he's, I want to say he's 4-0 in the UFC now. Yeah, he's, he's 4-0 in the UFC. And he's only got two losses under his belt in his career. And he certainly seems to be one of those real active fighters as of late. And you see with Kevin Holland, I think he's gone 4-0 this year. I believe Kika has the opportunity to match that if he beats Jamie Simmons, who will be making his UFC debut. And it's let me tell you, it's not 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 it's not not a tough yes, it's gonna be a tough day at the office for Jamie Simmons. It's not a tough it's not a nice sight when you're coming up against Giga Chikadze, who, like I said, is really active and he's been one of the busier fighters this year. Um I just don't see how Jamie gets this one down stepping in on short notice. He's very impressive in his amateur ranks, he had a lot of stoppages under his belt before making the professional switch in 2017. And he's, you think he's seven and two in, in, over, in his overall professional career. He likes to mix it up. But uh, a guy, against a guy like Giga Chikadze, I mean, he's going to be too much for Jamie Simmons. I really think he will put in a great performance in, against Jamie Simmons this weekend. He's a bit of a decision merchant recently, Giga Chikadze. However, I just don't think Simmons has the, a shot to certainly be a guy like Kiga, who just certainly has the skill set to do to do whatever what he wants. I mean, <laughs> I think he I think he gets it done really early on. He will secure his first UFC finish in this one because he's just got such a plethora of tools when it comes to standing. And if he keeps the fight standing, I think he'll pick him apart early on because I yeah, like I said, I've got no confidence in James Simmons whatsoever. So I'm going to back. Giga Chikadze in this one. I'm probably going to say his striking will get the better of Jamie in the first round. I'm going to go for first round TKO. First round TKO. Yeah. Sorry if you're listening, Jamie, but you're just not going to get it done against a guy like Giga. I had to double check these numbers. Giga's six feet tall. Jamie is five five too. Oh yeah, for a featherweight division. I mean, oh my god, it's like it's like Max Holloway's pretty big for the division. Yeah. and Giga Chikadze. I mean, he's got a he's got he's got a reasonably comfortable reach, but that height advantage is going to come up clutch for him in this one. Oh boy! So uh, Giga is minus six hundred to win the fight. Jamie's plus four fifty. Looks about as one sided as you can get. You know, without Jamie having real any real hard data to to project, I, I don't know. I'm just gonna I'm gonna assume Vegas is probably right, and that this yeah. is gonna be a, just a, an absolute massacre. I'm gonna follow you here. Uh, TKO in the first TKO for Giga is still minus one sixty three. So yeah. we're still gonna have to put up a little bit of money there uh, in the first. We're catching plus one eighty seven there. So if you hit them both, it's still gonna be a nice payday. Hmm. 
Will the fight go the distance? Yes, yes or no? Yes is plus one seventy five. No is minus two fifty. Ooh. We know where this is going. Then decision. <laughs> this is one of those fights that puts the whole schedule for the night off. You know, it's it, it's over yeah. so quick they have to tell all the fighters to hurry up and get there. <laughs> oh, all right. What do we got next? Alec? No. What's up next? Uh, I've got Trevin Giles yeah, versus okay. Trevin Lewis. It's, it's it's mixed up, but like I'm going off of Topology's card in this one, so I could be wrong. But like I said, Topology are usually reliable, so if they're not. You know, I'm going to be suing them because <laughs> you've ruined the show. Yeah. What do you got? Um, yeah, with Bevan Lewis, I mean, he came into this during, came into the UFC through the Contender Series. Uh, I believe he defeated Alton Cunningham via first round sort of KO in a way. It was a weird one. It was certainly a KO from the knees in the clinch, and it was one of the bizarre knockouts. But he was very unlucky in his first two UFC fights because he fought some real, real tough level competition. In his first fight with Uriah Hill, he lost by a, a third round knockout, I think. And that certainly, and I think that ended it. Yeah. That ended his professional unbeaten streak. And then he lost a couple months later to Darren Stewart, who's also a tough guy. He's one of my boys. <laughs> I'm joking, but you know, I'm supporting fellow Brit. He lost by a decision. But then he got back on the win winning streak against Declan Townsend. He took some time off, came back earlier this year, again defeated Declan Townsend by a reasonably you know comfortable decision. So you know it's going to be certainly the confidence is going to be skyrocketed for Bayer Bevan Lewis. He's going to want to put on a real show this weekend against Guy and Trevin Giles. He's got the edge in terms of the experience, and there's a bit of I don't know with Trevin Giles. I think going into this one, there's there's a bit of talk and a bit of hype around his name and people dubbing him as this sort of next big prospect but he's one and two in his last couple of fights he lost to Joel Mearshart and Zach Cummings but he just edged the split decision to James Krause in his last fight so in this one it's going to be a tough one I'm going to go for a decision I think this one will go to the distance and what we see with Trevin Giles is he tends to certainly he plays into his opponent's hands and with this one, I don't think he's going to want to do that with Bevan Lewis, who has the physical advantage over Giles. And I, I, I'm leaning towards, like I said, I'm leaning towards Lewis and so on. I think he's got the ability to control the range and do a bit of damage in the clinch work. I don't think we'll see a finish. I just think we'll see Bevan Lewis pick, uh, pick Trevor Giles apart and potentially get the, the decision victory. So I'm going to go for Lewis by decision. All right, gotcha. And this one is close as hell. Mm. This one opened up Giles plus 100. Now he's minus, just depending on your book, uh, he's minus 102, minus 105, you know, minus 110. Uh, Lewis opened up minus 115, and now he's the same. He's minus, you know, 102, minus 105. It's, uh, there's a little bit of separation here at Pinnacle, uh, minus 112. Man, another close ass fight. Yeah. Yeah. I've got, when I put in the numbers, it spit out Bevan Lewis barely, just barely winning this fight. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I kind of like where your head's at. Decision, uh, does the fight go the distance? Yes, no. Again, minus 200, yes. So it does look like it's going to go decision. Bevan Lewis by decision is plus 187. Giles is, Giles is plus 175 for decision. I don't know, man. This might be another, like, if it's going to go the distance, both sides. <laughs> <laughs> decision got you in so yeah it's gonna be a fun this gonna be is this the fight of the night right here uh it's certainly got all the ingredients to be a, the, the fight of the night i think the two 
Real tough guys in the middleweight division. Um, they're certainly ones to look out for in this one. Both wanting to certainly to come up with a real statement in this fight. So again, if this if this is the fight, well, I say if this this is certainly the fight to look on the undercard because people tend to overlook the undercard. They're always looking to see which fights are one to watch in the main card. But there's the true MMA fans. They're always looking out for a real good scrap in the undercard, and mm-hmm. I think this is certainly going to be one in the weekend. I think we're not going to, although I did predict a full 15 minute decision in Lewis's favour, I just think this will be like a, a bit of a back and forth between two like stand up guys. And I'm very much looking forward to this one. Yeah, me too. It's going to be fun. All right. Next up, what are we looking at? Next up, I believe we've got Marcus Rogerio de Lima against Alexander Romanov. And Nagala Romanov, he's unbeaten, he's 12 and 0. And he came, I think he came into his first UFC fight with a lot of hype behind him. Certainly impressing in the, certainly in the European promotions. And if you knew him, I, I mean, I, I saw snippets of him in his final fight with the, the Eagles promotion against uh, Fatias. I think he won by a, a submission slam, which was very dramatic, very intense with the way it ended. So he won his UFC debut against Roque Martinez by submission. Uh, I think it was a triangle choke. Very impressive UFC debut, and he can do it all. I mean, this guy can hit, but he's a very much he will use that sort of striking against the cage to get the fight to the floor, and he's very very impressive. And he can, like I said, he can win however the way he wants. Romanov, they call him King Kong, and he truly lives up to that name. I mean, he can knock you out, but he also has the ability to hold his own on the mat. And I think just to sort of. With, with, with De Lima, he's got the experience. There's no doubt about that. And particularly, he's, he's, he's got the experience in the UFC. That's probably going to help him in this fight. But ultimately, I think Alexander Romanov will get the job done in this one. I just I just don't see any way in which Marcos gets this job done. I think Romanov is going to use that power to certainly get the fight to the uh, get the fight against the cage and potentially on the floor early on. And if he gets on if he gets on top of De Lima, he'll have little to no difficulty getting the finish. So. I'm going to go for a Romano via first round submission. I just think he forces him up against the cage, uh, the fence really early, slams him down. Either gets the ground and pound or he'll choke him out. So I'm going to go for a first round submission. Looks to be another one sided fight again. Uh, yeah. Alexander opened up minus 274. He's minus 360 now. So 86 cents worse. Uh, Marcos opened up 225. He's 285 now. And yeah, I mean, when the numbers spit out, it says Alexander's going to win. It doesn't look, it's not quite minus 360 going to win. So <laughs> I think, I think I'm going to be forced to follow you on this one for that early round, yeah. early, early finish. Uh, but Alexander is minus 250 to end the fight early. So yeah. whew, not, not a lot of, not a lot of payout right there. Uh, <laughs> if he wins in the first, we're catching plus 125. So <laughs> this might be the fight to avoid. You're not getting a lot of value. Mm. Even even with an early early uh, finish on this fight, oh boy! Uh, you know, knowing Mason the way I do now, I think he <laughs> would probably say Delima wins by decision. So put him in there. <laughs> uh, Delima by decision gets plus eleven hundred. So I think that's a, I think that's Jeez. a bet Mason would make. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. All right, this won't be the fight of the night. No, I don't, I don't think so. I'll get it done earlier. I'll probably get Romano will probably get a performance of the night, but I don't think it'll be the fight of the night. Yeah. All right. What do we got next? Uh, next up, I believe we've got Darren Elkins versus Eduardo uh, okay. Gavagori. 
Now, a couple of years ago, you know, you would certainly dub Darren Elkins as one of the the contenders in the featherweight division. However, the last, say, two, three years or so, haven't really gone his way. Lost to Alexander Volkanovsky by decision. There's no shame in leading to the champ. I'll give him that. Lost to Lamas and then Hall and then most recently, five months ago, to Nate Landwer. So he's on a bit of a, an abysmal streak right now. He's he's own four in his last four fights, whereas Gregory last has lost his first professional fight against Ricardo Ramos, and that was almost a year ago. Um, both men, they're in desperate need of a win in this one. I think Gargori uh, is wanting to make a real statement in this featherweight division because he's only fought twice. He's one and one in the featherweight division. Whereas Darren Elkins, I mean, he's been around the game for a while. He'll he'll find a way to get the job done in this one. He's, I think he's a slight, I think he's the favourite going into this one. Yeah. I'll probably dub him as the moderate favourite in this one. I think with Gallagori, you know what to expect. He's a brute on the feet. He's very much capable of standing and trading. However, you don't want to be he's very susceptible to that takedown and that plays into Darren Elkins' hand then because he's very, very dangerous on the mat. And that's one thing we've seen with Eduardo. He's very vulnerable on the feet and uh, very vulnerable on the mat. And you saw him when he lost to Mikado Ramos by submission. He, I think he gave up really quickly. And as soon as Darren Elkins gets to the, fight, the, to the floor very early on, I think it becomes a Darren Elkins show. I think he'll just run through him and his game plan will be to take the fight to the floor early on. I think if he can impose his wrestling early on, he'll certainly shut down the Uruguay and end that horrible losing streak of own four. Uh, I don't think Dan Elkins will get the finish. I just think he grinds Garagori into into the dirt really for a wide decision. All right. I was surprised uh, looking at this, how one-sided it appears to be for Elkins. Mm. G- given that he's not, you know... I- how do you say it politely? He's not a top tier <laughs> fighter, you know. Not anymore. No, no. Uh, I, but I was surprised. I thought the young, younger pup might have a chance, but no, it doesn't look like it. It looks like this is pretty solidly an Elkins win. Uh, he opened up minus two hundred seven. He's minus two thirty now. Uh, yeah. Eduardo opened up plus one seventy five, plus one ninety three now. And you you look at these stats, and you're absolutely right. The takedown is where Eduardo just has you know he's really lacking in in yeah. skill sets, man. So let's see. Decision for you for Elkins gets us plus one twenty-five. That's not bad. That's not bad. I'm I'm forced to agree. Let's follow you here. I, I mean, this is another case where if Elkins, if we're that certain Elkins is going to win, you could bet both sides at plus two ten and plus one twenty-five. It's a hell yeah. of a lot better than minus one minus two fifty in that range. So there you go. I'm going to follow you. Predominantly the the favorable outcome in our predictions today. <laughs> yeah, no you follow sure. me. Yeah, surprised. Well, there's nothing. There's not too many surprises on this one. No, no, you're right. All right, what have we got next? Uh, next up, I believe we've got. I think this is the, the second fight of the night between Max Griffin versus Ramis Brahimaj, who will be making his UFC debuts. Fought across the LFA promotions. His last fight was over a year ago, and uh, with Max Griffin. He hasn't fought in seven months, but he's got the experience in the UFC and he's got the experience overall in MMA. And I think Brahimaj is 27, whereas Griffin is 34, been in around the MMA game for a while. And I think this one, he's certainly struggled to find his footing in the, the UFC, Max Griffin. I think he's three and six in, overall in, in his UFC tenure, one, one and four in his last couple, in his last five fights. So, this is the fight for him to turn around that pole form and get back on the win, winning saddle. I think he's a slight favourite going into this one. Um, 
how this fight will go. I, I just think with Brahimovic, he's got a, he's, he's got a pretty, I think he's got a lethal ground game. But if Brahimovic, you know, can't consistently take Griffin down, then he's going to be in for a rough night because I feel like Max has the the slight edge on in the striking exchanges, and he will be difficult to finish if the fight does uh, if the fight does go standing because. Ramiz does not have the, the striking ability up to scratch or up to Griffin's standing whatsoever. So I think if Griffin manages to keep the fight standing, then he might get the fight done. However, if we see Ramiz get the fight down to the floor, then we may see him point out to a decision. But with Griffin, I think that the, he, he does have the ability and the credentials to finish this fight. But knowing him, this will end up closer than it needs to be done, than it needs to be. But uh, I think he does have the, the tools to spoil and brawl his way to a much-needed victory. I think his superior stand-up and his decent wrestling background will certainly help him to a, a decision victory. So I'm going to go for a Griffin by decision. Okay. Yeah, Griffin opened up a pretty solid favorite, minus 187. He's It's kind of dropped since then. He's uh, minus 138 now at Pinnacle, uh, minus 138 at Bet365. So I, 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 don't, I don't... Yeah, at minus 187... You can't back back Max Griffin at all. That's too high. He's not that good. He's not that good to mm. throw that kind of money on him. At minus one thirty eight, it becomes a lot closer. I think you're probably right. I think Max does end up taking it. Uh, but man, th- th- with the, with two fighters of this caliber, <laughs> anything can happen, right? I mean, just yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just. Yeah. So let's see. Your decision is getting you uh, plus one sixty. Not bad. Mm. Again. I hate to say it to sound like a broken record here, but a decision on both sides, pretty solid, Go pretty solid it. outcome. Yeah. Uh, plus 160 for max plus 275 for Remis. They're both catching plus 333 to end the fight early. So it looks like the decision is more likely. Uh, does the fight go the distance? Yes or no. Minus 175 for the yes. Hmm. Uh, it looks like it's, it's probably going decision. All right. Back them both. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, there you go. All right, what's the uh, is one more fight? Is that it? Or? Yeah, I think this is one more between Gustavo Lopez and Anthony Birachat. And this is, I think this came about yeah. yesterday. Yeah, yesterday with Birachat making his UFC debuts and press in the, the Combat America promotion. Whereas a guy like Gustavo Lopez, who's also fought in the Combat promotion, lost in his UFC debut to Merab Devashvili. There is no shame in losing to. I mean, Merab is just on another level right now, so he's certainly a tough prospect to to watch in the future, Merab. But Gustavo Lopez, um, again, you, you know, he's eleven and five. I think he, he's won titles across various other promotions, and he'd be wanting to, you know, get that win under his belt. He's a he's a tough guy. He's very well rounded in terms of his striking approach, but he's also he does have the ability on the mat as well. He's got some nice ground and pound and some rear naked chokes and submission wins under his belt. And it's, it's going to be a tough for Birachet to, to win in this one. It's going to be a real, real dogfight. Um, however, I think Birachet may have the edge on the on the ground. I think the, the height and the reach advantage is going to help him going into this one. He's got the... He's, he's, he's won his last three fights professionally uh, in various motions across combat. He didn't get really... The best of luck in the Ryzen promotions, but it took some time off, fought in the combat promotions, worked his way into the UFC books. And he's, I, like I said, with Lopez, he's very tough on the mat. However, I think Birchak's better on the floor. So I think Anthony Birchak will get the better 
of Lopez in the, the grappling exchanges. I think this one will either go the distance or I think Biochek will get the submission victory on this one. I think both men are very capable on the floor. Biochek eventually catches up Lopez early on. Then we may see him get the submission victory. So it's going to be a tough one on paper to call with both men very similar in terms of their approach. But I'm going to go for an Anthony Biochek via second round submission, but it'll be a oh. late one. All right. Got you in. Uh Let's see. All we have right now is the money line. No prop yeah. bets. Uh, Burchek to win overall is minus 125. Uh, Lopez is plus 100. That's what we've got right now. That's all. That's it. So we'll have to keep an eye on that and see if you're... Uh, I, I am assuming at minus 125 that a Burchek submission is going to pay pretty nicely. And what what round did you have first? Uh, second. Second. Okay. Jan there for the second. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on that and see where it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it, Burchek's submission game is much better than Lopez's. It's almost non-existent for Lopez. Yeah. So, yeah. And Burchek strikes more than Lopez, too. You look at that significant strikes per minute. Burchek is much busier than Lopez. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if Lopez just... Yeah, that's what he does. He just eats. <laughs> he eats <laughs> shots, and he doesn't take anybody down. So, it it, it looks pretty one-sided. I mean, uh, so I, I think you're probably right here. I think uh, Burchek's probably the play. Mm, no totally right but yeah we'll find out more when we get some some info on this one yeah we'll probably have to wait another day or two probably <laughs> all right so that that's it that's the whole card yeah yeah i think with just us two today we got 46 minutes worth out of it so we've done very well for ourselves no i think so i think so and we got two bets for mason locked and loaded so <laughs> all right so um, go ahead no, no, no. I was just saying, so yeah, Mason, if you're watching, there you go. We put a bet on for you. Yeah, yeah. Mason, you're going to make a lot of money when your bets come in. <laughs> oh, man. So you and Mason still doing Sports Sesh? Yeah, still doing the Sports Sesh podcast. I think we've got um, some lined up in the very near future. So we're just sort of in this lockdown. We're just trying to get a sort of calendar put together. But yeah, we're still doing Sports Sesh over on YouTube and on Facebook. Very good. Very good. And of course, UFC Deluxe, that's your main Twitter? <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's my UFC account. Still going strong. Going strong, yeah. He tweets all the damn time. Again, I can only apologize. You, you, you might just have to mute me at this point, Mark. Yeah. Probably waking you up. Yeah, yeah. My phone keeps buzzing. UFC Deluxe said this. UFC Deluxe said that. <laughs> okay, I get it. Oh, man. Anything else we need to know, James? Uh, no, not a lot, really. I mean, still going at UFC Deluxe, still Sports Search Podcast. I mean, there's nothing interesting going on in my life, apart from the the second lockdown. Yeah, we move. <laughs> oh, boy. That's all, mate. All right, man. Get the hell out of here. Take care, mate. Information on this podcast may not be construed to offer any kind of investment advice or recommendations. Under no circumstances will the owner-operators of this podcast be held responsible for damages related to its contents. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.